What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Trigger. This is Trigger, episode number 389, or so I'm led to believe by this document. Uh, it is Tuesday, <laughs> August 2nd. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 389. Let's first talk about Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan. I have a little bit of a contrarian take on this, but I'll let... Uh, I'm shocked. Yeah, there's a shock, right? I'll let Spencer talk about the news aspect of this first. So, obviously, the Chinese media threatened to shoot down Pelosi's plane. That didn't happen. Biden won't defend the trip. Tom Cotton says Biden leaked the trip, right? Mm -hmm. And now we have Taiwan supposedly preparing for war. There could be war in Asia. What's going on over there? Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Okay, yeah. So let's, we'll back it up a little bit. Nancy Pelosi, uh, last week in her Friday press conference that she does, was asked again where she was going on this trip to Asia that had been previously announced. She said due to security concerns for members of Congress, because it's not just her, it's also like a handful of other Democrats from the House. So they were going over there. She said, I can't say where we're going, but there were rumors that she was going to go to Taiwan. And it turns out it's something of an open secret on Capitol Hill Mm. that the White House and Joe Biden leaked to Beijing the fact that Pelosi wanted to go to Taiwan and what created this dramatic mess of Chinese state media Twitter accounts threatening to shoot down her plane, threatening all kinds of stuff that they were going to do, saying this would set off like the powder keg in the Taiwan Straits and it would cause China to just have to nuke Taiwan and maybe Nancy Pelosi would get caught in the fireball. Then she left for the trip, didn't say officially where she was going. She showed up in Singapore, and then it was confirmed from somebody in Taiwan and somebody on her staff that she would be going to Taiwan today, which she did. She landed under the cover of nightfall, which the funny thing is, after the state media people were like, we're going to shoot down Nancy's plane, then because she didn't publish her travel schedule and where she would be flying, they were like, coward, you didn't say where you were going. And it's like, well, of course not. You were going to shoot her down if she showed up there. And then as Nancy Pelosi was landing on this plane... There were, like, air raid sirens going off in China, and Taiwan is reportedly has raised its, like, threat level mm-hmm. um, because this is... If China's going to do anything now, they have the proof that she's in Taiwan, and they have their justification if they want to do it. I still don't think, and in the people I've talked to and other sort of coverage of this, I don't think Xi Jinping is jumping to, like, roll Taiwan right now because he needs to not mess everything up before his yeah. uh, Communist Party convention this fall, where he's going for a third term. When is that, by the way? It's Do the we fall. know exactly? It's in the fall. Fall's a wide range. I think October. Don't quote Because me October that. is actually the best time weather-wise to invade Taiwan. Because the, the, that's the time oh, when the, the sea weather. Yeah, yeah, the weather. Yeah, yeah. There's not as well, much fog. And yeah. it's important, that's raised an important point, is the water conditions, because... A lot of people don't realize, I think, the same way a lot of people didn't realize, like, how much grain we relied on from Ukraine and stuff. But uh, the Taiwan Straits there, the little narrow strip of water in between Taiwan and mainland China, is where, like, a huge percentage of all the goods shipped across the Pacific go through. And so if China starts messing around and they announce that they're doing live fire drills uh, starting on Thursday over the Straits, which is, like, their biggest escalation since we were born, basically, in the mid to late 90s. Uh, but if they start, like, shooting stuff and they're running their ships around and they're getting kind of careless, these shipping companies aren't going to sail through there. And so the supply chain crisis is going to get worse all over again because if we can't get through the Straits of Taiwan, it's a mess. So that's another thing we get to look out for. A new Biden crisis will be him mucking us into, like, this foreign mess between China and Taiwan because he can't even get the U.S. Great. policy straight. Well, he's reversed himself and contradicted himself and the White House has contradicted him. And so it's you can't really blame China for being a little unsure about yeah. what the U.S. will do because, yeah. well, Joe every, Biden is yeah. in charge. Well, so everybody, everybody, ha- everybody drafts contingency plans for certain yes. crises now because we don't they don't know what the, what this guy's gonna do. No. Here's where I go a little bit contrarian with this because, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, 
<laughs> Nancy being shot out of the sky, you know, wouldn't have been great because it would have been instantaneous war. We wouldn't have had a choice, right? Yeah. That's uh, why I don't, I don't like her going over. <laughs> Hold on, I don't know. We could have been like, we need to have an investigation. <laughs> Well, it came from China. The missile came from mainland China, but we need to have an investigation. But that's why I don't like her going over there is because really we're just poking a bear that we don't have the ability to fight that's, currently, well, right? Like true, yeah. People think that we could just defend Taiwan. I always ask, how? Because it takes the time logistics to get our ships this, there. Yeah. One, we we can't even keep our own internal domestic supply chain going. You think we're going to be able to run a supply chain to the f***ing, you know, Japan area. Yeah. This it's isn't World War Two. You know, on the map, the yeah. Japan. Yeah, area. the Japan area, yeah. Asia. Yeah. China this sea. isn't World War Two. You know, like that. Yeah. The, so then well, the option is, well, do we go to nuclear war over Taiwan? I say f- no, right? We're not going to no. go to a nuclear war with China over this. That's not a good enough reason. No. And at the end of the day, we need if if China is going to roll Taiwan, we need them to let us continue to have chips, right? And our entire economy is reliant on China. On chips. On chips Labor, and on China. Labor. Not just technology, but like, do you take Tylenol? Everything. Do you take yeah. Advil? Do as you take Motrin? Yeah. As that's we learned during all COVID. from China. All the right. PPE. So, right. yes. so this is, you well, know, that this was is, all bad anyway. This is yeah, decades yeah, yeah. of globalization, yeah. right? Yeah. That has us in the end, and now we're relying on them. And not only that, our military state of preparedness is at the worst it's well, been in decades. we've given everything to the Ukrainians. <laughs> right. Well, oh, yeah. not only that, but... All of our good war fighters oh, from Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom oh, they, they are gone. Out. Yeah, they right? out. Or, the, or, either, they, or they left because of this woke bull. Or because of the vaccine, vaccine man. Yeah, yeah that has been yeah. another. We had a great op ed uh, from somebody who's kind of a friend of Town Hall, Amber Smith, the other day, uh, talking about why. She did two, actually. One was about why young people don't want to join the military, and another one was why basically General Austin should be fired because mm-hmm. he's overseen all this and has put us in a state where, again, Nancy Pelosi's over there. If something goes down, we are not in a place to respond to it in any sort of forceful, like, definitive way. Yeah. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, like you said, the vaccine mandate has pushed all these good people out. It looks like the recruiting goal for this year, uh, the Army is going to miss their recruiting goal because they've lost so many people due to the vaccine mandate and all this woke stuff and people just taking retirement. Um, and it's, nobody wants to join. So, yeah, we're and there are a ton of people who theoretically want to join, but they don't meet the criteria necessary to be a u.s soldier mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's it's very bad and this is again another sort of repudiation of all the lefts and the mainstream media and even some republicans criticism of president trump and the america first thing is like this is why we were saying yes. we need to focus on what's going on here and make sure that we are good before we go do anything else because if we have been focused for more than four years on making sure that we had the ability to make basic things like tylenol and even pretty basic computer things like these semiconductors we would not have to care what happens over mm-hmm. there. But now, I mean, our, now there's almost more of a reason to defend Taiwan just because we need the supplies that come from there than any sort of opposition to the Chinese Communist Party being an empire builder because they've been building all these islands up from the seabed in the Pacific right. to expand their territory, and we haven't done anything, yeah, anything. about that because, again, what are we going to do? Yeah, We can't do it. And just look, I mean, our own supply of weapons and stuff is being depleted because we're sending it all to Ukraine and it makes you wonder if our weapons are even that good because we're giving them all to Ukraine and Ukraine is still getting rolled by Russia. Getting so the whole like, time. So, like, are they, <laughs> again, part of it is obviously that the fighting forces there are not as well-trained as the U.S., but it's still, like, we're giving them all these weapons and they're not really making a difference. Yeah, which goes back to my original take of would have been better just to let them get rolled, 
Russia would have been in control right now, could have had that sweet Russian oil still, and everything would have been just fine. Now, we have Russia and China teaming up against us, and we can't fight both at once, or uh, let alone one of them no. at once, right? Yeah. Then you have China, Russia, and India realigning, uh, trying to form their own global reserve currency to get off of the U.S. dollar, which would be totally devastating to our economy in particular, but the global economy as a whole, yep. right? I mean, you have so many things happening here as as side effects of these. And meanwhile, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yay, Ukraine and Taiwan. And I'm like, you understand that these are proxy wars, right? Yeah. Like, we're, we're getting into proxy wars with Russia and China. Mm -hmm. Things that we've been trying to avoid for generations, Literally generations, right? And Gordon Chang yesterday mm. said that this is the most dangerous moment in U.S. foreign policy since the Cuban Missile Crisis. I buy that. Yeah. 100%. Well, look, you had uh, the Iranians released a video the other day of them leveling New York. So you yeah. now have videos from Iran, China, and oh, Russia. Yeah. Russia is negotiating for us, supposedly against Iran, to keep them from getting a nuke. That seems a little conflicty no, of yeah, interesty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and, and North Korea. And, and North Korea. So, like, if you look at... Oh, I mean, it, we're great actors right there. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are in a very bad, precarious place, and I think a lot of Americans, I think foreign policy has taken a backseat since the fall of Afghanistan in the last like eleven and a half months because the economy has been yeah. total. Yeah, and so people have been focused more on like, can I pay my bills this month? Am I going to get evicted? Can I feed my kids? And so for Americans to also have to grapple with like, oh, we. <laughs> Are totally vulnerable mm -hmm. and just I mean looking at it's not like I had family members who were still alive when I was younger who were World War Two veterans and you look at what the United States was able to do in World War Two and obviously we had allies and stuff like that but we liberated Europe beat the Japanese we did all this stuff in two theaters there's no way we could do that today because no you're going up way. against China that is a superpower mm -hmm. Russia that even though supposedly our sanctions have crippled them is doing just fine over there yeah might I add yeah like, like, remember we were gonna beat Russia have, yeah yeah that didn't, like, you can unite NATO all you want. but Not to mention NATO's, back then, we were the only one with nukes. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> so things, like, people acting like nothing has changed since the 1940s is just ludicrous. And we are in some deep doo-doo. And God help us, like, in World War II, it wasn't a complete, like, alliance in the two theaters. But, like, God help us if Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea decided to team up. That would be a real axis we're done. of evil. We're yeah, done. we'd be That finished. would be so much worse than, like, the axis powers. Right. Like, that collection of... Mostly smaller, kind of inept countries. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, Europe has less military now than they did in World War II when they got rolled by the Germans. Mm -hmm. Were there military, right? There's hundreds of thousands of U.S. troops over in Europe, which, mind you, and in is not great for if we were ever to be attacked here at home. No. Because uh, how are we going to get that many troops back that quickly from Europe? The militia. Ourselves? The militia is back. Well, just yeah. inserting a subtle <laughs> argument once again for why the Second Amendment is important. Yeah. But well, I yeah, guess. and and America first, right? Like, yeah, the well, Russians remember, are watching on Concord. <laughs> two arms, two arms. When we were talking about this whole Ukrainian buildup and this whole European buildup of our troops over there, which they said was only fifteen to 20,000, when really it's 200,000, yeah, right? Yeah. All of our troops are over there. What good is that going to do us? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, they're not leaving, so obviously the deterrent factor, which was obviously the, the point of this, is, like, done. Yeah, yeah that's over. No, like, bring them home. Yeah. 
And instead of focusing on strengthening the United States and its allies or interests, we're just throwing more money at NATO, adding more countries to NATO yeah. that aren't going to pay their fair share. Yeah. Like, if you look at... And it's not even about fair share. That's a yeah. stupid Democrat term. But they're not paying what they're supposed to be paying as a member of NATO, yeah. which is something Trump was, like, yeah. called basically a warmonger yeah. for asking our own allies to contribute yeah. what they're supposed to. And, and you have this situation where nothing has actually changed since World War II, where we are still... The people keeping peace in Japan and in Asia to an extent, and we're still the ones keeping peace in Europe because I don't think if I, I don't think it's NATO, I think it's all the U.S. forces and our yeah. missile batteries and everything well, you, else over there. You uh, mentioned it, like the smaller European countries, like Eastern European countries, they, yeah. they actually like the two hundred thousand troops there, right? Yes, obviously. Well, oh, duh, because so, it puts I mean, us in the situation of we're defending all yeah. these little. Oh, Eastern European countries. They're the ones at the uh, at at the adults table now. They're the ones that are like guiding the future of NATO now. Yeah, and which which, is, which by the way was happened under Rumsfeld. Remember that the new yeah. Europe. So this is not this is kind of like well, a bipartisan well, up here. While not even paying for their own dinner at the table. Yeah. Well, uh, I will be fair and say that Lithuania is one of the only countries that does, and they know because they basically have to because oh, Russia they, is like right there. The but like too. you know, I mean, we've talked about all these other whole eastern european countries <laughs> you know like romania like are you f-ing kidding me yeah what what national strategic purpose does it serve us to say that we'll go to war with russia to protect you okay also by the way i don't know if you saw not getting much attention but over in serbia and kosovo they're at risk uh, of another major like civil oh, genocide yeah. Or war yeah yeah the they still f-ing hate the each republic other republic of serbska and all that though, yeah all those folks <laughs> yeah i know yeah so like this whole thing is just absurd and i mean we could talk about it forever but we've been saying this since day one and it's the truth. And people may not like it. You know, oh, we're going to fight Russia. Well, how's that going? Not so great. No. Not great. Not great, Bob. Yeah, not great, Bob. And there's no end in sight. Yeah. And with no, our this fearless, is going to be... Yeah. And every the White House already let yeah. the cat out of the bag, if it wasn't obvious, that yeah. the reason we're doing all this is not to beat Russia. It's to give Ukraine a better seat or a better bargaining power at the negotiating table with Russia, yeah. which Russia has no motivation to go to because they're... Mm-hmm. I mean. The, well, yeah, Zelensky's doing Vogue shoots. Yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't be too worried no, me either. about what's going on there. Yeah. Because Putin knows at this point he has to just wait it out. Yeah. If right. Trump comes back in... Yes. European endless war is okay. Right. Afghanistan endless yeah. war is not okay, which is why we had to leave in such haste and, and uh, the, you know... Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we left and it was okay to leave because Al-Qaeda yeah. was gone, remember? But, but, oh, Spencer, yeah, well, we're going to get to that. Don't you remember? This was the greatest airlift of all time. Well, about the terrorists... About, no, 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 no. It was the no. greatest airlift. We got all these people 13 out. 13 American service members died. Yeah. Greatest airlift ever. Greatest airlift. Well, I don't thank, give a uh, about the, the damn Afghans. Thank God we got Joe Biden, our fearless leader, who has COVID again. Rebound. Yeah, COVID again. Well, he probably had... The, I think it. we weren't clear enough. I think we asked for an economic rebound, and he was just like, oh, yeah, I'll get COVID again. Yeah, yeah. I got COVID again. From Paxlovid, which is an interesting theory. Yeah, but the other news that's going on right now, so we took out in a uh, drone strike, which apparently used the uh, Blades missiles, CIA which is very drone interesting. Too. Yeah. Um, the, what's the guy's name? Zawahiri? Yeah, that was Zawahiri. Um, Leader of Al-Qaeda since bin Laden was killed in 2011 mm-hmm. by SEAL Team 6 in Pakistan. Turned into Our good ash. friends, the Pakistanis, were Turned just letting him cozy up. And, okay. uh, yeah, never forget Joe Biden, almost exactly one year ago, said, it's fine for us to leave Afghanistan because, quote, Al-Qaeda's gone. Well, their leader was there, chilling out in yeah. a fancy house in the nice yeah. part of Kabul. Yeah, and, and that's my problem. Past, got yeah. murked. Yeah. That's my problem Only is that spent- this guy was just chilling in the middle of the city. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? A f- terrorist. And we were told that this was never going to happen. No. Which we right. all knew it would also, happen. Also, it took yeah. him a year to like move all of his to Kabul. Well, right. He was going back. <laughs> it was roughly one year 
no, that's not right. What was the timeline? Now I don't remember. But anyway, he moved back to Kabul because his immediate Months. family was still yeah. there. In yeah. December. Yes. That's he moved back to Kabul because his immediate family was still there. After the U.S. withdrawal, there was no threat from U.S. forces on the ground, obviously. And after what everybody saw happen in the withdrawal, he was like, it's been 20 years since I really pissed off the Americans, so I'm probably fine. And he wasn't fine. I still, I would love to know more about how we found out he was back, because are we still relying on Taliban intel? Do we have CIA assets on the ground? What's going on? Informants, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, and the, the interesting thing to me was the timing of the announcement, because this raid actually happened in, uh, it was Sunday morning in Kabul, but late Saturday night here on the East Coast. And it took them, you know, three days before he made the announcement. And I'm curious to know if that was trying to identify the body, if that was... Doing cleanup. The interesting thing. Are you thing, sure we didn't blow up an innocent family this time? Well, right, because that's the last time we did this. Yeah. But ironically, last Thursday, my VIP column was on how Al Qaeda was using Afghanistan post U.S. withdrawal as a launching point and to and consolidate on the power, mm-hmm. and outlined a lot of reports that showed how the. Al-Qaeda leadership, including Zawahiri and others, were very pleased with how the withdrawal went and Mm -hmm. that the Taliban were back in power and the um, sort of connection and the cozy relationship that Al-Qaeda had with the de facto government that the Taliban has set up and called out President Biden for having a year ago bragged about having this over-the-horizon capability, but he wasn't using it to take out Al-Qaeda. And then, like four days later, (laughs) Biden used the -the over-the-horizon capacity to supposedly take out Al-Zawahiri. So well, there's a couple problems. I'd like that to I thank President it. Biden for reading Town Hall. Yeah, he almost quoted your column in his his remarks last night, which were very weak and old and feeble. By the well, way, well, he's got COVID again. Well, he yeah. has a loose cough today, according to his doctor. That also, still isn't allowed to speak to the press. Here's the problem that I have with this whole. We're thing. never going to see him from this. Him. Is very suspicious. This whole thing, okay? They <laughs> say they knew about this for a really long time. Yeah, but only just acted on it. I'm like, if you know the location of the Al Qaeda leader. So was this due to Biden's indecision? Was this due to it being a political calculation of, oh my God, the president's approval rating is in the f- We have to do something. Was this in response to Pelosi upstaging him mm-hmm. on this trip, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the same exact timing, yep. right? Then you talked about the timing between the strike and the announcement, which I could get for like verification purposes or whatever. Sure. And do we believe them that they killed nobody else? Maybe, you know, like you said, right? Yeah, well, what's interesting, so I actually noticed that something had happened in Kabul over the weekend, like, when it happened, because I just, hey, we're me. coming up on the one-year anniversary of everything, and so I was like, you know, last year, the Taliban had a little Independence Day party when we were gone, and it was just keeping a closer eye on what's going on there, and so I just have a thing in TweetDeck searching Afghanistan and Kabul and whatever, and I see people tweeting about how a bomb just went off, and these pictures of this building that's just, like, done huge smoke coming out of it and i was like oh that seems like a thing and so there were people who were in the former government the government that the u.s had backed before the taliban toppled it in like 72 hours which (laughs) biden said wouldn't happen either never um there were people from that government confirming that there were these explosions people saying that this was part of the deal that the united states made with the taliban uh during the withdrawal last year that we would help the taliban fight sort of common enemies which included isis k and uh not al-Qaeda, interestingly enough. So what this looks like is the Taliban, despite having a cozy relationship with al-Qaeda, may have helped us take out their leader, which Mm -hmm. is another interesting thing. But I think, to your point, Storm, this is more convenient as far as this comes in a bad approval period because he's had bad approval for so long that he, if he was trying to save his popularity, he would have done it at any point in the last, like, three or four months since they knew he was there. But I think it speaks to Biden and his 
just foreign policy disaster throughout his entire political career. If you remember, people often said that he had never made an accurate or correct foreign policy decision in mm-hmm. his career. And if you go back and read the accounts from President Obama and some of his writings and others who were in the Obama-Biden administration, the reason he was resistant to the strike that took out Osama bin Laden was he wanted like more time, more information, more mm-hmm. verification, more stuff. And I think that's probably what happened here because if they knew he was there for months... Yeah, he was just being indecisive. And Biden claimed in his speech that a week ago his you know intel counterterrorism folks came to him and said you know like we have a window is this a go no go and then he made the decision but i think he probably knew that he was there was presented with this option before and chickened out Mm -hmm. he didn't want to he didn't want to approve the raid to kill bin laden right yeah that's what he just said oh sorry yeah (laughs) join us i I do it all the time so it's okay yeah um but something came up the last thing i'll leave you with here is yeah we may have killed this guy right but who did we just install Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody's really talking about that. I'd like to know who we just put in power of Al-Qaeda. And are they f***ing crazier than this guy? Because sometimes that happens in the Middle East. Usually so, it's crazy. interestingly on that point, I will have a story tomorrow on that. There are three or four people that are seen as generally the natural successor to Zawahiri. So, initially, bin Laden's son was supposed to take over after and he Zawahiri. Got but we took him out previously. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's no longer an option. So, there are a couple people. One of them is, like, basically Al-Qaeda's, like, media maven i don't know what to call him. he does he does a lot of the communication stuff for them there's also somebody who's in kind of next in line who currently lives in iran and supposedly can't leave the country mm-hmm. so that is an interesting uh situation there but i'll have a piece up on that and most of them are most of them are seen as sort of maintained status quo but there are a couple that are like ready Pretty for sure. all-out jihad yeah. and That's again if, if the taliban in afghanistan does want them there and allows them to continue as i wrote in my column last week like every all the conditions are right for al-qaeda to use afghanistan like they did before 2001 and start yeah. doing the same stuff that saw 9-11 happen thank but you joe biden at least we got the one kind of one of the last masterminds who's still out there um so that's a good day for america i did listen to courtesy of the red white and blue like five times last night oh yeah i mean i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying that you know Joe Biden's foreign policy history, like this, could easily turn into a much bigger calamity. Um, oh, it would yeah. be very Biden esque for him to yes. have taken out this guy who was like not really in an active point of siege and put someone yeah. in that is. Well, interestingly, Zawahiri was reportedly in like failing health. Like yeah. he wasn't on his deathbed, but like he wasn't doing well. He was, was like Osama dead. Was like, it the dialysis. kidneys again? Yeah. <laughs> so it was with the kidneys know. with these people. Yeah. What is? I think it's yeah. just inhaling all that. Mullah dust. Muhammad Omar again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're smoking all that Afghan Kush, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. And they expect there to be a formal sort of announcement, and I think Al-Qaeda will probably use a new leader as sort of a new call for more people to come to Afghanistan, to fight with them, to launch attacks, sort of the lone wolf-style stuff. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we'll keep covering it. We love... We love keeping an yeah. eye on the baddies. Well, we're probably going to have a Taiwan war coming up soon. So let's bring in a little bit more domestic here. We got... Uh, yeah, America uh, first storm. Come yes, on. Joe Manchin, uh, totally Lion. being a real scumbag piece of shit. We found out over the weekend now that the uh, he was bought off with a basically only him getting a pipeline Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as part of this Green New Deal. West Virginia gets a pipeline, yeah. so... Um, and... But, again, here's the thing. If he thinks he can spin that as a victory to his constituents, he also, in this bill, is a permanent extension to the coal tax in West Virginia. Yep, yep. Is he nuts? And, you know, obviously we went through the other day the numbers, the taxation, the spending, the the air quote deficit reduction. It's all lies, right? It's all bull. Oh, the 0.31% reduction in 10 years? 
Well, that, yeah. The, <laughs> it's and that's, the whole thing is a lie. The name is, Deficit yeah. Reduction Act, it doesn't reduce the Inflation deficit. Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation, right. Yeah, whatever. which is hilarious because it's only Inflation Reduction Act doesn't do anything to... It's like statistically mm-hmm. indiscernible from a flat line. So yeah. if anything, it'll raise inflation until 2024, which I'm sure Joe Biden would love to be running again if he yeah. does with more inflation. Yeah. But it doesn't do that. It doesn't reduce the deficit. All it does is raise taxes. 50% of the burden will be felt by people making under $400,000. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's the that's the next point here because, remember, their talking point is no one under $400,000 will see a... Uh, uh, Joe Biden promised not a penny more in taxes. That's correct, yeah. Yep. Well, it turns out that taxes will rise by $16.7 billion in 2023 on Americans earning not just less than 400000 less than $200,000 a year, okay? So this is total bullshit. It's a tax increase on every American. Everyone's taxes are going to be going up. And not only that... Well, according to Joe Manchin, they just closed loopholes. Which is total <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a tax... This, this is not tax increases. You know, he you told, loopholes. He told Harris Faulkner this morning to read the bill. I'm like, have you read the bill? Because what's in here is pretty f***ed up. Yeah. Um, and then he's also like, well, we're just going to make the corporations that haven't paid anything pay. And I'm like, oh, so you're going to make the largest employers in the United States bleed money while we're in a recession and already shedding jobs yep clearly a man who has not run a business in a very long time (laughs) because that's not going to work out well and not only that they're going to shed jobs and they're going to pass costs on to the consumers which will fuel inflation huh the inflation reduction act who would have thought in a name well and I mean, already, Town Hall, we pointed out repeatedly that Joe Biden's thing about not a penny more in taxes under his agenda is debunked by the fact that Americans, on average, have taken a full 4% wage cut or mm-hmm. cut to their real wages in the last year alone. And so this idea that he's fighting for, you know, his common men back in Scranton is just baloney. Oh, malarkey, totally. excuse me. It's malarkey. That's his favorite one, yep. yeah. It's the only word he can say. Yeah, this whole thing... I mean, and and then we also have the situation of the vote. So obviously they're going to need to break a tie with the vote unless they can somehow jam it through while John Cornyn has COVID. Um, Great job, Cornyn. Not only do you focus on guns, you're trying to sell us out on immigration, and now you get COVID, which will make it easier for them to pass this. Uh But the real key to the whole thing still lies with the senator from Arizona, Kirsten Sinema. Mm -hmm. Now... Matt has a lot of faith in her. I'm not nearly as faithful. But I will say that the fact that she hasn't said anything either way yet is not exactly a great sign for them. Correct. Not, I'm not saying it's a great sign for us either. But I, I do think, think if she was serious about wanting to support this, she would have added some terms in before the weekend, being like, I will support this if we can do this, and then give the weekend the chance to sort it out and mm-hmm. then come back this week and start pushing on it. But she has said nothing. And the... I mean, the bill that Manchin and Schumer worked out has, like, several provisions. One big one that she has never supported. And Carried interest, yeah. If you kill that off, yep. the bill is dead. The negotiation, the and agreement is gone. gone. The corporate minimum tax also could be a deal breaker for her, too, yep. because she has significant corporate interest. Yep. Um, I actually could see her saying no to this because she was excluded from negotiations. Yes, she well, was. right. She, like, they do... People are like, why is she, you know, such a antagonist to Chuck Schumer? And it's like, well, he is he a total her tool to her yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. And literally left her out of these negotiations, assumed that she would be on board with the things that he was bargaining on without asking her. And people often forget that earlier this year, uh, when Schumer was doing a TV hit, he was asked whether or not he would support Cinema's 2024 re-election, and he didn't. Yeah. yeah. So she yeah. has absolutely zero reason. Yeah. 
to do anything to help him. He consistently forces her and other Democrats, but her especially, to take votes on things that are wildly unpopular to her base in Arizona and Democrat base across the country generally. Because Arizona's 50-50. And goes after her every single time, but he forces her to take these votes and do these things. Like, every time they try to take the vote to blow up the filibuster, she's like, well, I've told you so many times that the filibuster's here to protect us when we're in the minority, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to blow it up because you're short-sighted and are power-hungry and think this is going to help you win an election. Yeah. And then every time you've got, I mean, all it's basically just Schumer farming aggression against her. Not to mention... His whole career. Her priorities are very, like... Republican esque, mm-hmm. right? Like on the social stuff, she's not. But when it comes to fiscal policy, she's kind of conservative. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, she doesn't support the minimum wage. Remember yeah. that. Yeah. She saved that us there. Big thumbs um, down in the well yeah. of the Senate. That Which was, was a great. Day. Great bashing on John McCain there too. Yeah, it was that just was like beautiful. Super ironic. Um, <laughs> it, but I think she might see a window of opportunity that hey, if Republicans get in. I might be able to work with them to oh, get more um, from my constituents. Than, Absolutely. Yes, you know? And like Arizona, green energy, uh, I think they're a little more concerned with the fact that they have no water. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's, you know... It, it, well, and she's been working... A t- like, her... Most of what she does and what she proposes as far as, like, programs and spending and stuff is all focused on will this create jobs in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Which sure. is what yeah. every senator should exactly. be focused on. Is like sure. if the government's spending money and investing or doing, you know, incentives or whatever, the question should be is this going to make jobs... For my people yeah. who voted and sent in me. In fact, here. I think that's what she told Schumer when she first got. I, yes. I I will do what's best for my constituents, yes. and I'm not going to kowtow to you. Which so is exactly what it. every senator should do. Yeah. It shouldn't be about party and Man, whatever she else. Used to be that way. Yeah. Well, now well, that's changed. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, she's but, um fiercely independent. Yeah. I think I think it can go either way, but I I'm gonna stick with past history and her just basically giving the yeah. finger to Chuck Schumer. And the I'd national, love it. National Democrats. That'd be yeah. awesome. That'd be great. If she the more she this, does that, yeah. the better it is for a re-election chance, to be honest. That's true. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that bill. I mean, I don't Three think days. they're going to move anything on it this week, but they're going to try, I think. We'll see what happens. Arm twister. John Barrasso seems to think that you ain't going to arm twister and that this thing is a long way to go, so... We'll see. Watch this blow up, like, in Lexington. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no. The last breath of hope for Schumer to pass a spending bill. <laughs> I yeah, I just don't even. Well, there. then they don't. You know, they also got that slush fund that they're working on for yeah, uh, uh, yeah um, the the burn pit victims, yeah. mm-hmm. which you know noble cause, but the the details of the legislation are trash. Yeah, and guy had a great piece uh, like a fact check yeah. on that yesterday, explaining why John Stewart, who's apparently camping at the Capitol these days, is just totally off base about what's in the bill what it does what it yeah. doesn't do yeah, he did well, apologize though he was with Poso and he did apologize for kind of well he's back on TV again out. today yelling so oh well yeah well not to mention that the the <laughs> amendment that's up the Toomey amendment basically would just guarantee this money goes to what it's actually designed for so mm-hmm. John Stewart should support that but yeah yeah uh, what else do we got here? Oh, the SCOTUS leaker ident- uh, oh. investigation has apparently narrowed down the list. Did you write about this? Yeah, this has been going on for too many months, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so the Associated Press in the end of July tried to get an answer out of the Supreme Court, and they just stonewalled and said, we have no comment on this. This is the investigation, of course, that started after the leak of the Dobbs opinion that Politico published in full. And so Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts tasked the marshal of the Supreme Court with investigating to find out who did this. 
they kind of initially started it with this pool of people that's all the clerks because they're the ones who work on the draft opinions and everything else and would have had access to it, asked them for their cell phones, asked them to sign affidavits. We still don't know if anybody refused to do that. We had reported that there were some of the clerks retaining private counsel to like represent them and make sure, but this was very, all of it is unprecedented, so we don't really know. But Fox News' Shannon Bream, the Bream team, finally got some sources to talk and they found out that the pool of potential leakers has been narrowed didn't say how narrow, but we went from, you know, roughly 70 people that are in this clerk pool, plus a couple of the longer term, like career staff who are there who would have had access. That's the group of people they're looking at. It's narrowed down somewhat, but we still don't know to how few people it's now narrowed down. But what is interesting and potentially problematic is as far as we know, which isn't much because the Supreme Court won't say jack about it, as far as we know, these clerks, they serve one-year terms that usually end in mid-July once the Supreme Court opinions are done being released. Mm-hmm. And so anybody who worked there and may have leaked it probably doesn't work for the Supreme Court anymore. And therefore, this investigation that's being conducted by the marshal of the Supreme Court might not have, like, jurisdiction over them. Yeah. And so if there's no outside law enforcement brought in, it's unclear what may happen. And the court didn't have any information on how close they were to announcing who did it. But it's been, like, three months it's been almost actually today. I think it's three months exactly. Yeah. Since well, this the goes. We're this goes back to my point. Here. This goes back to my point that I don't think they're ever going to find the person. Also, uh, interesting theory as we've talked about here, could have been a Republican. Could have been. Could have been a Republican because at the end of the day, we found out that that snake John Roberts was trying to f- us from the inside. So here we Clarence are. Thomas is the leaker. He could have been honestly. <laughs> I mean, like who I'd knows be, at this point? Suddenly again, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, me too. It's okay when we do it. Obviously. Um, what else do we got here? All right, classic Trump yesterday uh, putting out a statement that he endorses Eric. <laughs> not not which Eric it is. It was so good. either Eric Schmidt or Eric Greitens. But, uh, How would they know? And the long shot little-known candidate Eric McElroy. That's true. Yeah, Eric, yeah. Three Eric's endorsed by President Trump in one race. So that race is happening today. It was very fun. I just I wish we had a feed from both of those like campaign headquarters when that statement dropped and seeing how fast they both campaigns worked to get an email out saying breaking Donald Trump has endorsed Eric. It's Schmidt me. Eric I'm Eric. It's and I'm no, like, no, it's my Eric. Today yeah. we are all Eric. Grassy Knoll. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what it means. Who is endorsed? It's um. Yeah, that race well, has gotten messy. And Greitens, his polling fell off in the last couple of days of this race. Well, yeah, so we got a couple primaries come tonight. Let's start off with Missouri. And, you know, so we have the Eric's, right? But <laughs> Senator Hawley endorsed someone completely different. Vicki Hartzler. Yeah. Are so, you just reading my story? Um, we, we have the list in here from Mr. Producer from your story. Oh. Yeah. So I sent yeah. you the Thank you, Mr. Producer. Yeah. Oh, you sent me the uh, link for once? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know to keep an eye out because you always hide it from it's me. In the G- well, it's always a surprise. <sighs> um, it's always a surprise. You wrote the story, though, so you should know what we're talking about here. I do. Um, I just wanted to know how you knew. What else have we got in Missouri? Missouri? Is, uh Not, no. No? Um, it's the Senate race is the one that really matters. Because, yeah. I, I mean, it just it got so messy. That's the one where we had the <laughs> Greitens and Schmidt releasing, like, dueling campaign ads. Oh, the flamethrower. Yeah, yes. we had, like, yeah. rhino hunting permits, a lot of mock raids and campaign ads, flamethrowers. That one just got very interesting. And we got Michigan. Michigan is interesting because uh, there uh, we have uh, Peter, whatever his last name is, the grocery store magnet, Meyer Major. What's his name? Peter the Grocery Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the guy who voted to impeach Trump that has a Trump-endorsed primary challenger. Oh, uh, Peter Meyer or whatever his is name is. Is it Meyer? Meyer? There's a J in there. 
That guy. Miser. Miser. Let's the say, <laughs> I, my prediction, he's going down tonight. Oh, for And sure. the Democrats are going to regret helping his challenger because then he's going to get elected in the fall to Congress. Well, I don't, the, after redistricting, his district slid more blue. Like, now his district, I think, is a Biden plus, like, 9 or 10 district, which obviously that hey, doesn't mean much it. given yeah, Biden's lack like of popularity, but, um... It's a little bit dangerous. And then uh, the other, I mean, there are a lot of races to watch. Washington State has two more uh, Republicans who voted to impeach Trump facing primary challengers. Yep. Washington State, though, does kind of the same thing, something similar to what Alaska does in the primary, where Everybody it's all it parties in. on one ballot. Yeah. yeah and the top that. two vote-getters from Tuesday end up on the general election ballot. So even yeah. though the primary challenger may get more votes, the incumbent will probably still be on the ballot. Does some bullshit. Yeah. Is what that is. It's common. It's weird. And everybody um, votes by mail. It's weird. So it's weird. It but that's um, just a quick that's shout out. Those two uh, uh, traitorous Republicans, uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, uh, who's being challenged by Joe Kent, Trump endorsed Army veteran Joe Kent, who has appeared on this show. Yeah, great Let's interview. go, Joe. Hopefully, Joe wins tonight. That'd be great. Uh, and Dan Newhouse, never heard of the guy, but is that a guy? Yep. Who knows? You have to ask that these days. Apparently. That's true. Um, and what then, are you? Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, we then, got. Arizona. Yeah. Arizona. My favorite. Carrie Lake. Let's Arizona go. Arizona is going to be lit. Well, you tonight. know, actually, Maricopa I was, County. I was be high a thing on again. Carrie Lake. <gasps> then a lot of shit came out about her, and she's not looking too great. She was an Obama supporter. She was a Democrat. She was anti Trump. Okay. All those are facts. And not not really. She's done too, a 180. It's not okay. real. I mean, yeah, she's done a 180, yeah. right? But the. Ronald the Reagan was a Democrat. Has, that's fair. Donald Trump was that's a Democrat. Fair, and Ronald Reagan supporting assault weapons ban. Yeah. I'm just saying I was very bad. high was very high on Carrie Lake. Not so much anymore. Not saying she'd be terrible. Even if she does not win and doesn't go on to elected office again, what she did in exposing the media with her campaign oh, has great. been I absolutely agree with top tier. Yeah, and yeah. she can do that because she was in the news business and yeah, was a reporter yeah, for the Phoenix yeah. uh, Fox affiliate. And the other woman she's facing off with... Uh, Karen Taylor Robson? Yeah, I don't like the three-name people. Not my thing. <laughs> three-name people. Um, but <laughs> she also kind of stinks. Lake. Yeah, that so, means you gotta go for Lake. Well, and what's interesting is Arizona, this governor's race, has played out kind of what we saw in Georgia, where you have Trump endorsing Kerry Lake, you have Pence and the incumbent Republican governor, Doug Ducey, endorsing Robson. Mm-hmm. And so you have... It, talking about proxy wars earlier, we have yeah. a Republican Party proxy war playing out in Arizona tonight, and it is a statistical dead heat, 47-46%. Uh, it literally just, I don't even... She won't concede. Give me my Karl Rove whiteboard, and it's going to all come down to turnout. Yeah. Um, and what will be interesting is to see where uh, the votes come from and at what time. So the way Arizona does it is... Fox uh, will call it at 9.02. <laughs> basically, the whole state... Because Arizona doesn't do daylight savings time, so the whole state is on one time zone, except for Navajo Nation, which does daylight savings time. I don't know why they decided to do it. It's a ter- I hate daylight well, savings. They don't time. get a vote anyway, do they? Yes. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> They're American citizens. Yeah. The Navajo. They're the tribe. They don't have their own reservation. The reservation is not a sovereign country. Yeah. But I thought it was their own land. It operates as a local jurisdiction, yeah. a state jurisdiction, yeah. not as a federal I disagree one. with it's, that, but it's okay. weird. It, it's weird. No, it's weird. It's I don't weird. like that. If it's you weird. get to have your own casinos and it's weird. <laughs> and your own laws, you don't yeah. get to vote See, our you learn something okay. new. I yeah. just taught stories. I will the say, listen, the whole Indian well, given the jurisdiction <laughs> questions, if you want to commit a crime, do, yes. it, on a, and do it on Indian reservation. Well, yeah, that's why you get away with it. That's why they got all those women getting raped out there. Oh, oh yeah, just I mean that's a fact. It's true. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Bury my heart. Rampant alcoholism, me. lots of domestic violence, lots of suicide. It's a bad. But anyway, bad enough thing. about the governor. Because so anyway, so you've got this proxy war playing out, but because 
the tri or the Navajo Nation, their polls close an hour later due to daylight savings time. They don't release any of the results until the final poll has closed. And so we got to wait a little bit longer for Arizona to do the first drop. And obviously Maricopa County, as we all learned in 2020, does their results in a series of drops. So, the so first what time one, is the first one? The first one is after the last polls close on the Navajo Nation. Which so is? that was 10 or 11. Eastern? Is it in your or notes? Pacific. It was in my story. No, Mr. Producer, what the f***? That's all Micah's fault. Mr. Producer, let us down. Let me see. I got let it. Let us now bring it. up the story. I got it. Everybody relax. Good headline. Where's Arizona? Most polls close at 10, but results held until 11 Eastern. There you go. So, at like probably 11.07, given over yeah. under on that one. 11.07, Maricopa does its first drop, and that's going to be all the early voting absentee stuff that they've gotten in before today. And then they'll do the subsequent drops as they count the election day of ballots that were cast in person so i mean we won't know anything until like eleven fifteen about the first yeah. drop and then the other returns around the state will come start trickling in and again all those will be on our site well so while the governor's tomorrow. race is a total show and of course like you said all results at townhall.com the governor's race is show the senate race much better thank god much better a very calm a calm peace collected trump endorsed blake masters who i love love blake he is gonna absolutely demolish the current Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who spells his name without a couple of missing letters. <laughs> There's no vowels. Uh, yeah, there are no vowels in the first three letters. Burnovich. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Blake Masters, let's go. We love you, Blake. We got to take out that uh, uh, allegedly cheating philanderer, Senator Mark Kelly. Um, um, oh my god, no. That was definitely in the uncensored. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. That was definitely in the uncensored. So if you want to go check out the uncensored. I mean, where's the uh, Where's It the was the truth. No. Listen, no. listen, he cheated he on her. He got shot in the face, man. I mean, listen, was, allegedly, 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 he cheated on her while she, she was, was brain dead? Yeah. Oh. Thursday, we got Tennessee primary. Why did they do it on a Thursday? I still Weird. got a bone to pick with the so Tennessee party not just because of that but because of how be they decided who's yeah. allowed on and off the ballot but yeah that's actually Tennessee yeah, Republican yeah. Party yeah. needs yeah, a little reckoning yeah, yep. Marsha Blackburn for holding their feet to the fire and being like what the hell yeah, like what are, are you people good. doing also, good old boys club pretty yeah. good looking for 71 years old not gonna oh lie. yeah Mark. Oh, can't yeah. argue oh, with that oh, yeah she is the also cannot argue. Into the grannies there, she so? also is one of the few people in the United States currently alive to take on Taylor Swift and the Swifties and kick their ass yeah most people don't do sure. that. You can't even yeah. tweet something negative about Taylor. This right here is probably going to get us attacked, and I say welcome. Please subscribe. Yes. But Marsha Blackburn took on Taylor Swift, who, first of all, clearly, as we know, her lyrics are not that good. I'm just adding to the fire at this point. But she <gasps> dubbed Marsha Blackburn Donald Trump in a wig. And I'm like, that is the laziest possible thing you could do. Endorse Phil Bredesen, who is running against Marsha Blackburn. And Marsha Blackburn wiped the floor with yeah. him. And... Gave Taylor Swift a nice little smack in the face. Crushed. Yep. To quote the great Marsha Blackburn once in a speech, she's taken a lot of heat from these Hollywood types that invade Nashville, and she just says, shake it off. You're going to have the opportunity to push back and stand up against this, or you're going to have the opportunity to stay silent because they're going to tweet, they are going to protest, they are going to accuse you of racism and sexism and homophobia and all those things. And I've had a couple of people here in the entertainment industry that have chosen to say some not nice things to me. I just say, shake it off. Um, so. <laughs> oh, my Ooh. God. 
So, it's a good one. <laughs> so coming up this week, in addition to the threat of war with Taiwan, we have uh, Wednesday, Senator Rand Paul and the Senate Homeland Security Committee, uh, which will be talking about the Wuhan lab. Very interesting. Wuhan. That's going to be good. But I was told that nothing happened there. Yeah, me too. I was told that bats naturally just started spewing coronavirus. Yeah, well, usually that's how it goes, right? <sighs> or actually, it was the pangolin. Uh, it was the pangolin that Randy Marsh. Yeah, that's what that's it was. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the second, and certainly not least, I think this is going to be the more interesting one on Thursday morning in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Yes. FBI Director Christopher Ray, who's a corrupt piece of, uh, will be testifying about. FBI corruption. How ironic that he, being corrupt, will testify <laughs> oh about God. corruption. But of course, it's Robert Hansen all over again. Oh, geez. it is. But <laughs> uh, that should be a very, very interesting uh, hearing. Yeah. We will of course be streaming it, and we'll have all the coverage at townhall.com. But uh, first, before we wrap up today's show, we have the clip of the day, and it is a CNN clip because they recently tra- uh, traveled up to Wyoming, right? Uh, they love Liz Cheney, of course. Not that. Not Wyoming. Because as we're going to hear, Wyoming does not love Liz Cheney. CNN loves Liz Cheney, which tells you all you need to know about how Wyoming feels. Take a listen. Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for a fourth term? Um, personally, I think she said four, three too many. She's done us dirty. How so? Oh, God. Look at how she's done Trump. I'm a, I'm a Trump fan. I'm sorry. So she lost your vote because of her role on the January 6th committee and what she's yes. doing about Trump? Yes. She's supposed to be supporting him. She's a Republican, for crying out loud. I find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsive. How do you feel about her work on the January 6th committee and her role? It's all a hoax. It's all propaganda. It has nothing to do with anything. It's a witch hunt. Well, she says she's defending what's important to people here in Wyoming, uh, upholding the rule of law, defending the Constitution. Me. If that was the rule of law, why doesn't he have a defense team in that courtroom? That ain't the rule of law. That's a kangaroo court. That's not the Wyoming way. She has been an embarrassment. It's a witch hunt. Are you proud of her for taking on Donald Trump? No. Here in Cheyenne, more than 1,600 miles from Washington, D.C., almost everyone we spoke with told us they believe Liz Cheney is too focused on Donald Trump and the January 6th committee and not paying enough attention to what they believe matters to the people here in Wyoming. Hmm. Oh. Who would have thought that her constituents wouldn't like what she's doing in a state that voted 72% for Trump? <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Very shocking. It's, um... I just love that CNN was like, yeah, uh, pretty much we everyone we talked to hated her guts. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, two weeks from today we will celebrate... Well, I guess we're going to have to wait till Thursday's episode. Maybe we'll have a special Wednesday episode of Liz Ooh. Cheney's Demise. Yeah. But Tuesday, August 16th, Liz Cheney's Demise in the state of Wyoming. Um, it's going to be something. going to be great. It's going to be great. I think CNN is just going to... Go to, like, everybody wears black, and they dim the lights, and they're all crying about it. Have some sad music in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, The Arms of an Angel, Sarah McLachlan will perform it live. (laughs) What else? Oh, sneak peek. Tomorrow morning, we have a big story going up on townhall.com at 6.45 a.m. about Anquifa. Nothing more to say about that. There's nothing more to say, yeah. Anquifa. Uh, And that's all we're going to say about that. 6.45 a.m. going up. And uh, go and over to townhall.com tomorrow morning because you're not going to want to miss that. 
It's about Dave Chappelle, Antifa, white BLM. The alpha- alphabet people. Someone is doing the queefing. Anyway. Oh, oh that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Censor. Shout out to, uh, I had to get this little jab in, Mr. Best, uh, but it's a yes. shame. Your Red Sox stink. <laughs> My Yankees are the best team in baseball. Rest in peace. The oh, Nats man. have got the league right where they want them. We don't even have to talk about the Mets because it's just the Mets, as Derek Jeter says. Yeah. That's in the new episode. Yeah. That you missed with the, oh, the, really? the Subway the series. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I wasn't worried. It's just the Mets. Hey, that was right. those were close games. <laughs> they okay? were. They, they were. were close games. It was good baseball. Until Derek Jeter you all. That's true. Oh, yeah. that's no, what? That's like, it, it is kind of true. We do have to watch this episode. And by the way, yeah. the captain on ESPN, probably the only great. good thing ESPN has put out in years. Oh, no, it's great. So, I gotta um, catch up. But it's gonna be a Mets-Yankees Subway Series. That'd be great because the yeah. Yankees will win that as usual. We'll see, Seth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll see about the that. The Grom's coming back. Yeah, uh-huh. We'll be blowing those trumpets up your guys' ass. Oh, boy. As <laughs> usual, it is time for the shameless plug. So if you enjoyed Triggered and Wanted Uncensored, and I guarantee you today was one of the all time really uncensored episodes. Good. I'm mortified. Become a Town Hall VIP member at townhallvip.com and shout out to Spencer's dad, a great and loyal VIP member. <laughs> Use the promo code SAVEAMERICA for 40% off. That's townhallvip.com. Get into this exclusive club of patrons. You'll get a ton of VIP Matt Spencer's columns, Cage, Kurtz. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, townhallvip.com. Use the promo code SAVEAMERICA for 40% off. Uh, we didn't get to read our emails today. We're a little short on time because of uh, Mr. Producer's schedule. But promise, Thursday, it'll be top of the show. So if you'd like to reach out, email us triggered at townhall.com. We'd love to hear from you. And on that note, we will be back here on Thursday with another episode of Trigger. See you then.